this is true buzz that mary jane now we ain't new to this from my stones and from my cannabis enthusiasts never heard a show as good as this uh, number one it's the best bringing in many special guests in the industry of cannabis business owners to growers even artists you know of so sit back and just roll up perfect show for my smokers true buzz hey Hey, everybody. Welcome to the True Bud Show podcast. Excited today. We have Jeff Howard, uh, founder of TV High. A lot of experience in the film industry, which I'm very excited to talk about. Loving film myself, man. So thank you for coming on, Jeff. Pleasure to meet you. Hey, likewise, likewise. So, you know, I, I actually just downloaded the app and started scrolling through TV High to kind of see what it was about right before this. So I didn't get too much time on it. But um, if you don't mind giving a little breakdown about TV High, kind of the background of it and um, where you see it in the future. For sure. Well, TV High is actually just a really fun uh, platform we created. We launched it on 420 this year. Basically, uh, my background is for the last decade i've been managing two film festivals and so i watch a lot of films i watch a lot of i mean it's it's borderline ridiculous like 1500 plus per year are submitted and i have that ocd where i watch them all just in case because we have a selection jury but i like weird stuff so if there's some hidden gem i don't want like i want to be able to champion it so i at least i start all the films and I also enjoy weed. <laughs> so sometimes when you're, you know, have you ever been watching a film and you're you're not high and you go, oh, this would be really good if I was stoned. Totally. <laughs> right. So, uh, and by the way, I've had people say to me, I think that's true for everything, but I'm like, nah, not everything. Like there's some things you watch. I'm like, oh, that would bum me out if I were high. <laughs> but uh, so one thing led to another and uh I just kind of had the idea that what if there was a streaming service devoted to stuff that's great to watch when you're high? Because, you know, I don't know how many states is legal in now, but I know keep the list keeps growing. And uh, so I ran it by a couple people, board members of the film festivals and stuff. And there was never a negative reaction to the idea. And one thing led to another and, and got it together. And so TV High was born. And right now it's filled with... Uh, really wonderful indie content plus some vintage films i don't know if you noticed like nosferatu and metropolis are on there yeah now. i saw metropolis i love that movie yeah i know and i've never watched it i'm looking forward to watching it again uh you know and really seeing the depth of it but uh yeah so but the majority of the stuff is stuff made by indie filmmakers who just you know have a great vision and and i i have a real passion for indie film because well I shouldn't make fun of the box office hits that everyone loves, but you know, there's films that are made because a boardroom sat down and said, how do we make the most money possible based on the intellectual property we already owned? And then there's indie films where someone's like, my idea is so, I just love this idea. I've got to see it on screen. And they pour their own heart and soul into it. Most of the time, their own money into it. So, you know, we, uh, so we have the best of the best. We have the best of vintage stuff plus the best of indie stuff. I love it, man. I love it. And I love like how you um, found the idea or kind of naturally progressed to creating TV high. And that's what I did with True Buds is I initially came out to California. I love film and acting. So that was my main focus. And then I'm like, I kind of want to create something my own. What do I love? Film and acting and uh, cannabis. So I kind of created True Buds to just have fun with it and get it out there. Um, now, I was curious, um, like, 
you know, I know you were saying you were at the short film festivals and there's like 1500 submissions. Now, if on the creator side, if somebody wanted to try to get something on your platform, um, how do they go about doing that? Or what kind of what's that look like? Actually, you know what? It's so simple. If, if people go to watch com, and it doesn't matter how you spell it, you can spell it TVHI or TVHIGH. At the very top, there's a there's a link that says submit to TV high and people can just submit films and we watch them. And if they're right, we have, uh, we're very, we're socialists. I know we should be capitalists, but we're socialists. So 50% of all gross receipts go to the filmmakers evenly. So whether, whether, so when you have a film on there, you know, right now there's about, I think 120 films. So those 120 people, you know, whether your film is watched a hundred times or your film is watched once, everyone just shares equally in in the gross receipts that we're getting. So, because, you know, we, I don't want it to be like, oh, well, you didn't have me featured, you know, in enough categories. Like if I'd been in a different genre, I would have been watched more and I would have had a better check. Like I just want everyone who contributes to it to, to share equally in the rewards. So yeah, I well, guess there's talking- a lot of idealism behind it. Totally, totally. Sorry, I'm listening. I just um I I forgot to plug in my computer. So I just gotta plug this charger in real quick. Um nah, no problem. So, sorry to stray away from the convo there. I got it. And right you're there. giving me a chance to remember to put on do not disturb. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, there we go. We're good. <laughs> Excellent. No, I love that. And you know, I think it's really, really cool what you're doing, how it's like, you know, it's a cool community that's being built that you're like with the TV high, it seems like, you know, from the independent filmmakers and curating that whole kind of culture um, behind it. And what popped in my head that I think could be cool one day, um, you know, out here, they do these like uh, cannabis movie nights. They usually play like, you know, some, some older big movies, but I, I think it could be cool to do like a cannabis independent movie night here out on one of this like rooftop here in LA and just have a good vibe. Truth is I told the story too briefly. The, the actual TV high story is after the film festivals, for in the beginning of 2020, dang, 2021, uh, I, because I'm a film festival guy, I thought, you know, let's do this in the theater. So actually in January, we held uh, a movie night at our local theater called THC Cinema. And you can imagine what THC Cinema was. And then we, uh, and then everyone loved it couldn't make any money at it because in the end, like we filled the theater, but you know, it's you break even because theaters are expensive to rent, but there was a voice like four or five rows behind me. I heard this. I think her name was, I, it was, I think it was this filmmaker, Lindsay Frank, but I hear a voice go at the very end. Like we watched 90 minutes of shorts, 65 people in a theater stoned together. And I just hear this voice go, this has to happen again. So I was like, okay, fine. We'll rent the theater again. And we did it on 420 of 2021. And I said, okay, let's do it again on 420 of 2022. And it, they were all called, they were, the first two were called THC Cinema. And that's when I got the idea for the streaming service because driving home from that second THC Cinema, I said to my designated driver who was driving me, I was like, well, I think you just saw the last THC Cinema because I love it but it's a little self-indulgent for me to lose a couple hundred bucks just to watch movies with other people stoned. Like I was like, I'm a generous guy. I love this, but maybe I shouldn't be like burning a couple hundred, you know, 
the theater costs X dollars. So I was only losing a couple hundred. It wasn't like losing thousands to do it. So anyway, and he said, man, it's such a good idea. You shouldn't stop. And that's when I said, well, the truth is people would rather get high and watch films at home than deal with getting out to the theater, right? So that's what I'm, that's what I'm realizing. You know, I, I love the movie theater. Um, went and saw like The Flash the other day. I'm not like too into the newer superhero movies and stuff, but I was thinking the other day, like I've been buying more movies for like 20 bucks a pop, you know, when they kind of do the in-home releases. But to your point, I'm like, I can kind of get nice and stoned out. I can maybe cook up a little, have some nice snacks kind of. So I there there is that movie theater element, but I feel you so much. It is so nice just to be able to stay in sometimes and, you know, watch some good film. <laughs> and you know, to be honest, like we're both in LA, right? So that's LA culture. If we were in a pedestrian city, like if we were, whether it's Europe or New York, like a city with public transit and stuff, maybe the live event would, would work a little better because, you know, I always loved you know, walking around, I, 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 but, but, uh, but in LA car culture, it's, it's tougher, right? It's like, cause you know, I, I even thought about it. Like maybe we can get, uh, maybe we can get Lyft or Uber to sponsor us to like, make sure it's everybody. But you know, I would have felt terrible if somebody actually like gotten a fender bender because they were encouraged to drive stone for THC cinema. And by the way, the, the name change was because the platform that we're using because uh, there was this platform that constantly reached out to me because I because I do the film festivals. I produce a TV series on Amazon Prime Video called Discover Indie Film. And there's a Discover Indie Film podcast. So this platform kept coming to me and going, hey, you want to do your Discover Indie Film thing on streaming? And I was like, no, that's too expensive. I'm not going to waste that. But then and then I, I talked to them about but maybe TAC Cinema would be a nice niche for a streaming service. And they were like, we love that idea, but get rid of the name THC Cinema because the the app stores will pull you because they don't know the difference between an app that's trying to sell weed, which is not legal to do in every state, and an app that's just like, hey, when you happen to be high, watch this. Like, yes, we could have made the argument that we're not a cannabis company. We're just an entertainment company that caters to an audience. But they warned me, like, you won't win that argument. So you got to change the name. And you know what? I actually really love the name TV High because when you say the website's watchtvhigh.com and the social media is watchtvhigh, it's like, well, that pretty much says it all. Yeah, I, I thought the name was really nice. Yeah, it, it flows nicely in there. Now, you know, having so much experience in the film game, short films, watching so many, just out of curiosity, like, what do you think, you know, I know they're so interesting to me. I think short films are like a whole art form in themselves. Like what's something that maybe pops out at you, like that will get you drawn into a short film? What's something that you kind of look for um, or, or I imagine it varies across the board, but is there something that like is done right consistently when like, oh, this is a good one, you know, you can kind of tell. You can. Well, first, by the way, uh, we have features too. There's features. It's not all shorts, but, but uh, whether it's a short or a feature, and it doesn't have to be technically perfect, but within the first couple of minutes, you get a vibe if this person who made the film, if if the if there's a vision there. Basically, I just want to see someone's vision. Like if it's if it's generic and uninteresting, you know, you lose me. But you know, whether whether it's drama or horror or art house or comedy, just just I want to see something personal. I want to see something that grabs me 
And what grabs me is, is uh, someone's personal vision. And then, you know, they have to have a certain skill level to make it quality. You know, actually just yesterday, I watched the funniest dang movie that was um, made, made by a young man who lives on a reservation. And he made a hilarious film about someone who the face of Jesus showed up in like a fried strawberry shortcake the guy made. And so he was like charging people 50 bucks to watch it. And it was hilarious. And it was definitely very, uh, very raw, but it was funny and smart. And it didn't matter to me that they shot it with iPhones. Like, cool. I love this film. I'm going to champion it, you know? But then also we've had amazing films. Oh man, uh, a film that I hope I'll cross my fingers, but we had a film in uh, in our film festival last month called Solus, S-O-L-U-S. And this director from England who lives in the UK, he downloaded, uh, so NASA has thousands of hours of 4K footage that they shot on the International Space Station and they've made it public domain. They're like, use it for anything you want. So this guy told a whole story and like, I think a seven, eight minute short film that takes place in space with actual footage shot in space. Everyone on our awards jury was sending me emails going, how did that guy do the zero gravity stuff? How did that guy shoot that film? How huge was this budget? And I'm like, the budget was zero because <laughs> he used free footage and he watched thousands of hours and he used the clips he wants. The astronaut you see in that film floating through the space station is a real astronaut who doesn't even know he's in a short film on the festival circuit. It's funny. That's awesome. But uh, yeah, so like just so like those are two opposites, right? One thing is shot in actual space. One thing is shot on an in, on a Native American reservation, but like they're just original and and someone's sharing like a personal vision and I don't think you can top that. I'm I'm excited to check that out. Yeah. It, and I wonder how he even like found, knew that was released in the first place. He was obviously doing a lot of research probably and stuff, but that's super cool um, story right there. I agree with you. That's another one of those things where like, you know, here I am an American and I'm doing a Q and a with this British guy. And he's telling me that the space agency funded by my tax dollars, I didn't know they offered this. <laughs> how does some guy in England know, you know, <laughs> you know, it's so funny. Like I wonder just how many amazing government services, like, you know, filmmakers might be missing out on that. Who knows? You know, maybe there's footage of building the Hoover Dam that that's be public domain at this point. Yeah, that's what it, it's really interesting. You know, I've had a couple of those royalty free membership site things, and I I don't have them right now. But there's so much cool footage. To your point, you can some's pretty expensive, but considering and that's what I think of too when I see all these drones and stuff. You know, and drone shots in particular. I'm like, it's so crazy how quick that progressed from. You know, that was never doable that not too long ago, you know, you you just brought up something that I use in Q&A's all the time, which is if I told you how many films I see shorts or features that start with a gorgeous drone shot, like, and it's just like, wow, this film, you know, because now everyone can use a drone like they're so inexpensive. And, you know, it used to have to be a helicopter or a crane. So it looks like this super amazing, expensive shot. And then they cut to their characters and it looks like crap. And I'm like. Dude, you can't start <laughs> with a beautiful drone shot and then go to horrible cinematography. Leave out the gorgeous drone shot if you're going to have horrible. Just start. I can live with horrible cinematography if it's a great idea, but I can't go from like one of those amazing. So actually, there was a film this last last season, last festival that was 
started with a drone shot and then went to good cinematography. I'm like, you know what? You're like one of the few films I've seen <laughs> that went from drone to quality instead of drone to crap. Because it's just, I don't know. That's right now. It's that's an interesting funny. point. Yeah, I could see though too. Like, yeah, it's like, oh, you're in for a treat. And then all of a sudden you're like, eh, all right. No, if it wasn't up to par there. Now, I, by the way, if you're game, I keep telling everyone who uses these drones, I'm like, someday someone's going to make a 100% drone film. I've seen a music video that was 100% drone. In fact, it's on TV high. Okay. Uh, emergence. It, emergence it's a, okay. it's an art piece where there's this warehouse with a piano and this guy's it's a technically a music video, but it's an art film. This guy's playing this amazing piano piece and these two dancers appear from behind the piano. And as they dance through this empty warehouse, a drone dances with them and like circles them and goes around and under the, I think it even goes under the piano at one point. Like, and so like, it's a ballet in a way where the camera is one of the dancers, right? And you could have never done that without, it's just like amazing that what these, some drone pilots can do, it's amazing, so. Super cool. Yeah, I heard um, somebody was telling me about like a 4th of July event. I think it was my sister in Colorado. They had like thousands of drones fly up for this concert deal. And it's, a, you know, with, with talking this technology and stuff and these strikes going on, I'm just kind of curious, it popped in my head, what what's your thought on like AI in general with um, film and stuff and, creativity um i know it's kind of a loaded question i know it is well <laughs> well honestly it's a tool and i can see well obviously i'm 100 percent behind both unions uh because because their remuneration and their pay is just not things things are out of whack it's honestly i think it's really it's funny because it's the entertainment community really taking on what is happening to the entire country, right? Which is top level CEOs are making unbelievable amounts of money per hour. Like they're getting a, whatever, 20, 50, $100 million a year and avoiding taxes on it. But, and then like, but they make more in an hour than the people actually doing the labor make in a day. And it's like, or a year, and it just, it doesn't add up. So I'm, I'm glad they're doing it. I don't think AI, you know, we get films submitted now with AI in them. And normally it's just, you know, an enhanced shot or something or, or an image. But I don't know. I don't think it'll ever be screenwriting. I could see, I mean, I don't know. I just, I just hope that they work it out. Oh no, actually, okay, I'll I'll say something and it might be mildly ignorant, but I think something I saw on social media that I agree with the most is that not necessarily AI, but the uh what is it? The you know, whether it's the images or or you know, the the database of images that are going into the image creators or the film creators and the database of written words that go into it. It's not creating something new, it's synthesizing something from thousands or a million human created ideas and you know whether you steal if you steal from one writer it's plagiarism and you know what if you steal from a hundred writers it's still plagiarism and a thousand so actually someone said it's not um can you remind me what's the name of the uh the the thing uh the chat gpt they call it um word I'm blanking. See, I'm not sure. I've heard the chat GPT. Um, yeah, they call oh large language model or whatever. They're like, it's not a large language model or whatever. The, a I'm, learn, I'm yeah, totally yeah. Blown. 
Yeah, it's a it's it's a copyright violation algorithm. It's an algorithm that that manages to to borrow from so many sources that none of those sources can truly claim to have been ripped off. But you're still using all those sources and I it's it's definitely not right. It's definitely I'm definitely uh I would be very happy if they shut it down and said you have to any sources that you're using for this AI, you know, the the source material for the AI to use has to all be everyone on there has to be paid, right? Yeah, that, that's a. I really like that perspective because it makes sense. And if if that was the case too, everybody would still be winning. Whoever you know, like it would just be less money for the people with the AI or whatever. But it's um, yeah, it's it's an interesting world. I you know it, it just comes up in my conversations when I'm talking to people because I know there's different different sides of it for sure. Um, but I I, I kind of feel what you're saying there for sure. Um, I use it for a little bit for some like um, editing for like my shorts that I do. Um, but my kind of thought on it is like, you know, without taking away from anybody, I just want to like kind of learn about it so it doesn't, so I can try to utilize it if it's going to become a thing, I guess is kind of how I feel. That's actually uh, someone I really respect said, you're not going to lose your job to AI. You're going to lose your job to someone who's learned how to use AI to create things, which is probably the case, right? Like it won't be, but of course, one person who's mastered how to get the right images out of AI might put, you know, a thousand artists out of business instead of one artist. So that is, uh, that is, it is, it is scary to think that like, you know, one person sitting at a laptop can like manage to get AI to write, you know, the next 20 Marvel scripts. No, they won't be good movies, yeah. but you know, they'll be better than some of the ones that they, you know, that a committee wrote anyway, but well, it's like my, a good friend of mine, he does like copywriting and he's like, Oh, they just, he's like, they laid off some people at my job. I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry to hear like, you still have yours. He's like, yeah. He's like, I used to be able to do two articles a day or whatever. He's like, now that we use AI, they do like 16. I'm like, Oh, right on. He's like, no, it's, he's like, I'm going to be the next one gone though, basically. But it's just kind of crazy how, like you're saying how it's working like that. But, you know, apart from the AI talk. Oh, well, I'm curious to see how AI plays into the cannabis industry as a whole too. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But um, kind of back to the world of lovely uh, cannabis, my friend. Um, what's your do? You, what's your favorite thing? Do you like flour, edibles? Do you like it all? I'm I I am uh, an edibles only person at this point. I I grew up in the 70s. I'm pretty old, and uh, in LA in the 70s, good, our man. air was so bad that. Uh, my lungs are just awful. So if whenever I try to smoke, I like cough for five, 10 minutes. It's terrible. Like I, so I have bad lungs. So the, the amazing thing for me has been, and by the way, like it was worth it in college, like fine, I'll just cough my head off. But, but you know, <laughs> once you're older, you don't want to do it. But uh, the way the edibles industry has really mastered it, like, you know, just five years ago, I remember like you get a candy bar or a cookie and it was like rolling the dice of how strong it was going to be. And it always tasted like crap. And now they taste good. I happen to love a couple certain, there's a couple brands I'm loyal to. And, uh, and the dosage is so freaking consistent now. Right. It wasn't as consistent. And like, that's what I think about too. I'm like this growth and you know, that's happened in five, 10 years. Like imagine what we're going to see five years from now. 
these, you know, I'm like, but then, then I think like how much farther can it really go? But, you know, I feel like it's so crazy. We're discovering all these cannabinoids. There just needs to be so much more research done on terpenes. And I just love hearing when that's coming around, you know? Um, yeah. They keep, they keep coming out with new, uh, you know, little three letter compounds that are in the plant that they isolate. And they're like this one, I just heard one of my, my college roommate just told me oh, I'm forgetting which one it was, but he's like, Look up this one. I'm like, ooh, that sounds interesting because I think it's um I'm forgetting what it does. But uh but actually my wife and I are big fans of uh of CBN. Nice, which, nice. Because CBN is like very sleepy. So like when you do an edible that's like two parts CHC, one part CBN, man, like in your I don't shouldn't give away my age, but whatever. In your 50s, you don't sleep as well as when you're young. Like I'll get maybe five, six hours of sleep. If I take one of these edibles with CBN at bedtime, I get like seven, eight hours of sleep and I wake up feeling so good. I love, I love hearing that because that's what I've heard. Like I don't wake up too much. My, my more issue is kind of falling asleep sometimes, but I've heard in my research I've done on CBN, that's like one of the best components is it helps you stay asleep where like the THC and CBD in conjunction will help you kind of fall asleep. Um, yeah. Yeah, I used to sell the CBN or the CBN kind of sleep shot. It was five milligrams THC, um, 10 CBN and 15 CBD. But um, it's hard sometimes to find products on the market that have like a higher threshold of CBN. Because I've, I've never seen that. The one you just mentioned, I've never seen. I've always seen always like CBN is like maybe half of the THC. Yeah, it was interesting. We, we had really good feedback on it. And I've seen more, you know, kind of products coming out like that. And I like that one, too, because it was like zero sugar. Like, I love cannabis gummies and baked goods. But my thing a lot of times is I, I don't want to consume a lot of sugar, especially before bed, you know. So I'm always kind of looking for other options as well out there. That's a really good point. Although I got to admit, like, I love that they don't taste bad anymore. Yeah, they, like that's the thing. They taste so good. I can keep eating them. <laughs> like the last couple of years, right? Even like two, three years ago, I remember like bad taste. And then the same brands now, like there's like no bad taste. I don't really, it's, it's, but uh, actually I was talking to the guy, a guy who owns like five cannabis stores in LA. And, and he said that uh, it's that all the all the shitty companies are gone now like they all went out of business so now like everyone left like now the survivors like right process of elimination uh you know evolution worked natural selection worked and now all the edible companies that are left are making good money and can invest in their product and make it better and i'm like well it's a wonderful time to be alive yeah, I see. I, I think the two biggest players in the in the California market for like gummies are like Wild and Kiva. I feel like just kill the game, and they're great. I love the Lost Farm Kivas, and I like the Wilds as well. I actually do. Uh, I'm quite loyal to Wild. Yeah, yeah, they're <laughs> yeah, they're good, and man. Fact, funny story: at the first THC Cinema we held, one of the filmmakers works at Wild, so he showed up at THC Cinema movie night, and he handed me two like really nice wild hoodies so i got a wild hoodie for when it's cold enough to wear a hoodie <laughs> nice nice yeah they they do it right i learned or some one of their it was like a rep or somebody that used to be a consultant for him was telling me that what they make they have like a different style they do like a coconut oil infusion 
with theirs that helps with the flavor as well as like that, you know, the fats in there. But he's like, that's why it tastes so good because some of these other brands will throw, you know, just kind of do a distillate in there or something. So I have to do more research, but yeah, when I would be in dispensaries kind of doing pop-ups, people just, it has such a brand, brand like buy-in and loyalty because it's always good and consistent. And I like seeing like people like them who do CBD products, like just pushing it out to the masses and like growing cannabis and, you know, kind of breaking that stigma. I think it's cool too. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the gummy world, but yeah. Do you ever do like uh, any of these tablets or like um, RSO or anything like that? I have not, I'm not against it. I just haven't. Uh, it's funny. I, I, ha I haven't, I haven't tried it because sometimes those are really high dosage, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll have to get you some, uh, I work for this company, Autumn Brands and we have a little elixir now that's like the whole bottle's 300 THC, 150 CBD. Um, so you can get pretty granular with the dosage. So I'll have to, you know, I'll, I'll have to link up and get you one of those sometime. Um, yeah. I've got a funny, my, one of my funny stories, actually, I have a funny chemotherapy story, which there shouldn't be right. But <laughs> But actually back in, back in 20, uh, I had cancer, uh, back in 2015 and then it returned right. in 2016. So I had a really hard ass chemo process. I'm all good now. And, uh, of course in 2016 edibles and things were not what they are today. So I did get like one of those dropper things and I was like, Mid chemo, I was going to go to my favorite Mexican restaurant in LA with like a bunch of old friends. And I knew I wouldn't be able to eat unless I was like fairly high. So I like squoze the thing and like some stuff came out. And I was like, well, that looks like too much, whatever. I just took it all. I became a zombie at the restaurant. Like I just went <laughs> and I didn't even get to enjoy the food. It was, I was, I was so bummed. I was like, uh, I was like, oh man, that was like the, it was it was funny though. Uh, thankfully, yeah. thankfully, my lady protected me. She was my guardian angel that night. She's like, I think we have to go. <laughs> it's great to have an angel there. And and it sounded like some RSO, like a little thicker substance. Yeah, that stuff will like it was thick. Yeah, yeah. yeah that will I'll usually take that and put it in like a little gel cap or something. But like the first they say like you can literally have like a less than a grain of rice and it will get you. Exactly. Yeah. When you squeeze and like two grains of rice come out, you're like, well, what am I going to do? Yeah, what? what am I going to do here? <laughs> I want to enjoy some, some El Coyote. So, <laughs> you know, I've never been there, man. I, I know it's such a legendary spot. I'm like, I need to go for real. Go. It's so funny. And I if you like, like margaritas, movies. I mean, when I was young, yeah, I know the great thing is, you know, El Coyote's right across from Quentin Tarantino's new Beverly theater. Oh, okay. Where, uh, that's where, the rule is they only show films on film, like the, the old fashioned film projector. Okay, so I didn't even know that. That's really cool. Sure, yeah, nice. Yeah, so you can you can Uber to El Coyote, have a delicious meal, hopefully nicely stoned, maybe have a delicious margarita. When I was a kid, when I was in my twenties, like a margarita was like two fifty. Now I think they're like seven eight. But still, they're still cheap, but. Man, it was you could get drunk for nothing back when I was a kid. But anyway, and then and then you walk across the street and see a great movie. It's actually a really fun thing. That's cool. Yeah, I'm gonna do that as like a little date night. That sounds cool. It's, it's I highly recommend it. I got to get back there somehow. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna check it out. That's a cool thing too. You know, I've been in LA for about like coming on eight years now, so not that long. But 
that's a cool thing about just the cinema world and films. Like when you start watching something and so many have these shots around LA and I've just started over the past like three years or so. It's like recognizing so many more spots and it kind of makes you feel like part of the movie, you know, like, oh, that's cool. When you moved here, did you notice how many streets are the last names of famous uh, like sitcom characters like Al Bundy and Chandler Bing? Like I, I, I've had many friends who moved to L.A. and they're like everywhere. Like so all the TV writers just when they're commuting to work, they're like they're driving on Chandler Boulevard. They're like, oh, I should name a character Chandler. They're driving on Bundy. <laughs> What what name should we use for this family? I don't know. How about Bundy? Like it's it's like the street names of LA pop up on TV shows all the time. I think I love that. You know, it's funny. I never really even thought about it. So I'm, you got me thinking now. Now I'll, now I'll be finding it. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I swear to God, you see, once once you've been aware of it, like you notice it all the time. Yeah, you know, it's that's such a funny thing. I was listening to this guy's book. I think it's called like a into into reticular activating system and reticular activating system part of me i think it's called but it's basically this part in your brain that kind of like like you like when you see something like if i wanted to get like a new car like a porsche or something all of a sudden i start seeing more porsches on the road or now i'm going to start looking for names in movies and it, i didn't realize it was like an i always thought it was a thing but i didn't realize it's actually like a scientific like you know, thing in our brains that works like that. I'm not doing justice at all describing it, but <laughs> no, but you, you're, I, yeah, we all experience that. Isn't that crazy? Like, like, yeah, you get a Hyundai and you're like, oh, there's Hyundais everywhere. I never noticed them before. Yeah, I know. It's, it's very funny. You know, a book I started listening to like last week that's super good. Um, it's called Outwitting the Devil. Um, highly recommend it uh, by Napoleon Hill. It was released like so long after his death but it's really interesting the stuff they're talking about and the dialogue between him and this devil and why that kind of popped in my head is like part of what he says during it when he's talking to the devil is like the devil's like all that these people have to do is kind of switch you know if you're having kind of fearful thoughts you just switch your thinking and it kind of like we're talking about all kind of come full circle but um i i haven't read his book that was like his pop off like the think and grow rich back i know that's a super popular book that he did so I, i'm gonna have to check that one out next but this book was a recommendation from a friend and i've i've really been enjoying it so i recommend checking it out for sure i just i just uh i just added it to my uh little list of books to read nice nice man um random question for you here um do what's your do you have like a morning routine do you take like do you enjoy cannabis in the morning do you take caffeine um Got a I do start my day with uh with with my coffee press. I, I start with uh coffee. I love coffee in the morning. I do find that if I don't have the coffee, I'm not I I by, by the way, I avoid caffeine after morning. Like I won't have I won't I used to be like an iced tea guy. Oh man, I used to drink, but now I only do caffeine in the morning. So no, I don't touch cannabis till bedtime, basically. Like it's for me, it's like the last hour or two of, you know, TV we watch at night. And then, you know, it's always nice when it kicks in and then we fall asleep. So, so I, I, I for me, it's, it's a nighttime thing. And I love my coffee in the morning. That's nice. Yeah. A little reward in the evening. Yeah. I asked too, cause I'm curious. I got this um, shout out to Magic Mind. They have these little like matcha shots. It's got like, uh, it's kind of blurred out, but it's got like uh, ashwagandha, lion's mane, all this stuff. So I'm like a hardcore caffeine guy. I've been trying to get better. So I, I drink like energy drinks. My cutoff time is like four o'clock PM. I'm trying to get better. But that being said, I'm trying to like drink these more. You get a little matcha. You can dump it in your coffee too and stuff. Um, but I'm trying to figure out ways to cut back my caffeine with still getting that like, 
you know, that stimulative, you know, sense a little bit. And I found that I've, you know, I've had like five or six of them, but I found so far that kind of help with the focus and stuff. So yeah, I just wanted to give a little shout out to magic mind. Um, anybody watching or listening, you can go to magicmind.com and use code true buds, 20, get 20% off. And then, um, or just go to magic, magicmind.com forward slash true buds. And you can get the discount too, but just want to give them a little shout out, man. So made a little segue into kind of the morning routine and tastes good too, man. And it reminds me, I used to sell these little cannabis shots, like the CBN one I was talking about. So it kind of reminds me of that world. I'm a big fan of these little cannabis kind of additives or like the tinctures I was talking about, because I just love the versatility element of them. You know, like the gummies and chocolates and stuff are really cool, but being able to be like kind of the world's your oyster sometimes with some of these other products is, and you can make it. And I love doing like homemade infusions and stuff like that too. Actually, I love that idea. And I love the idea that, uh, you know, like we have friends come over and like mix cocktails for us and stuff. I love to host. I would say pardon. I, I won't use the word party. I'll use the word small gatherings. Like I love, you know, eight to 12 people in the backyard, just chilling and having a nice time too many people. And then I feel like I've got to work the whole room and then I don't need any quality time with anyone. I always want quality time. So, and like, I love the idea of like adding a little, like, you know, someone gives me a, a their, their fancy cocktail. And I'm like, okay, cool. I wish, I wish there was some THC in it though. <laughs> See, man. And that's why I, I am such a huge fan of the beverages and I was doing, um, and yeah, dude, if ever you're doing a little pop-up, you want me to roll through, I'll make some uh, tasty cannabis cocktails for you. Cause I, that's what I was doing at some of the, like the, artistry lounge in WeHo, the woods, I would kind of pop up and make mocktails for people. And then they would dose it themselves. It was kind of the legal way to do it. But it's, you know, and that's, there was so much education kind of involved with that. Cause a lot of people don't know these types of products exist in like the beverage world. But like you're saying like a small gathering, you know, is like my style too. But like with parties in general in cannabis, when I'm making like, it's just so cool to be in that environment. It's such a different world from the alcohol you know, bar life, which is still great, you know, and there's still people that enjoy, I have friends that love mixing their cannabis drinks with their alcohol drinks and stuff, but just being at these cannabis events and sitting around and seeing everybody chilling, smiling, nobody's falling over. Nobody's trying to fight anybody. It just makes me happy. <laughs> I look 30. Oh man. Like 35 years ago, I remember coming home from college and my mom, like for some reason she felt like going, so have you, have you tried marijuana? And I was like, yeah. And she goes, what's it like? And I go, let me put it this way. If you walk into a room full of drunks and you're sober, you turn around and you walk out of that room. If you walk into a room, because like they're just going to, it's just a bad vibe, right? And if you walk into a room with a bunch of stone people, they're just listening to music and you can just sit down and chill with them. Like I was like, trust me, if you were exposed to these two substances equally, mom, you would want marijuana legal and alcohol either like i mean heck when you're living when you're in college and if you see a car with a window bashed in you know it was a drunk it when a stone person ever walks by a car and goes oh man i want to hit this <laughs> it, it's so true and it's like and yeah and that's where like there's a time and a place for the booze for me i've just been really like trying to cut it out because i don't it, i just looked at it like a while back and i was like it's not really doing much for me where i think cannabis does a lot for me like I like it like just to get stoned and stuff, but I, I do like it a lot too for certain pain relief, like inflammation and stuff like that. So while I might love it recreationally, like there's a lot of medicinal properties 
And that's why I always like to, you know, kind of put stuff out there and just talk about it and try to make content about it. And my, my thing too is just as in anything, film or whatever, with cannabis especially, I'm always learning, man. Like we're saying, there's so much to be learned still. It's crazy. And you'll love this. I was at a tequila tasting. A friend invited me to this fancy ass tequila tasting. Like tequila is like somewhere like a $60 bottle. One was a $250 bottle. So it was delicious tequila. So it's me, you know, the goof off with the, with the running TV high. And it was three doctors. And one of them was a spinal surgeon. And so when I told them about TV high, the spinal surgeon said, I'll, I'm going to tell you something. As a surgeon, I said, I, patients ask me like, what do I have to do before surgery? And he said, for one week, you've got to have no alcohol and no cigarettes. Because when I, when I am, as soon as I see your spine, I can tell if you've been drinking, I can tell if you've had tobacco. And they, some, he said, and people have asked, what about marijuana? He goes, you could take an edible the day of, I don't care. It's non-toxic. It doesn't harm your body. Like, so like a spinal surgeon was telling me like his objective opinion is, marijuana is fine stay away from the other stuff because it's toxic to your body and he sees an effect on our spine from it that is crazy yeah like, uh, by the way i was said to myself i was like i wish i'd recorded you but if i had you'd probably ask me to delete it because even if you'll say that over a tequila i don't think you actually want that in public what you've said because you know doctors got to watch themselves but totally totally yeah it's um yeah i'm with this brand autumn brands that i'm with now we have a cannabis salve that I've been going into, you know, talking to chiropractors, massage therapists and whatnot. And it's great, but it has some THC in there. So they'll kind of do like an affiliate thing, order it from our site. But the crazy thing about the salve is it doesn't get you high, you know? So I've just, so it makes me so happy for the day when that can be in the store. But what popped in my head too, that blew my mind years ago was when I learned we all had an endocannabinoid system, like that's, that's part of our bodies, you know? And like, I'm like, how did I never learn about that? in school or I never heard about that. I have this whole system in my body. That's like receptive of cannabinoids. Like that was like a mind blowing moment for me. <laughs> you just blew my mind. I, I actually, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Um, you know, I like, I'm not, the, I, I try to like read stuff and then try to simplify it for myself and everybody, but yeah, it's, it's super interesting. And that's where it's different. Everybody's biology and endocannabinoid system is different. And I don't know if you've talked to them. I talk to people all the time in dispensaries who are like, they can, they can eat edibles and not feel a thing. They can do like a thousand, some people's bodies are just different in their system. The endocannabinoid system is different and there's CB1 and CB2 receptors in their brain. All this stuff's crazy with cannabis, but now I'm getting too, uh, too scientific with it, man. <laughs> You're getting scientific, but I, I love science. I, I'm, I'm, I'm all, I'm all about it. I, I find it fascinating. And I, yeah, actually, it's funny because one of my I mean, it's not what you're talking about, because I, I was just about to bring up resistance. Like, I know there's some people who need really quite a lot to feel it from an edible. And I've I've almost intentionally maintained like a low level so that because I know if I start creeping up, like I'll have to keep creeping up. So I actually I actually still feel it, even if I'm only taking like a 10 milligram edible. I like I have a nice Uh oh froze a little bit but yeah i think um i'll okay cool i think we're unfrozen yeah, um, yeah i can hear you that yeah that's the perfect dose man though like when, once you start like i have to take more now and it's just like like you're saying it becomes an evil cycle and i think the way you do it kind of is a nighttime routine is nice you know but I, I'm yeah, usually... I, i'll do you know i'll do I'll, I'll do an extra half 
with the wife if, I, if it's been a particularly stressful day i'll be like hey you want to do one and a half tonight but I, yeah <laughs> i don't want to do that too consistently because then i will be like oh man now i need a lot more yeah yeah it's definitely definitely an evil cycle but um yeah, yeah i got friends who like i'm like are you kidding i don't feel it till i hit like 50 or 100 i'm like Ooh, I don't want to be that guy. So I'm, I'm like conscious of it. <laughs> and that's where too, like that's worth a lot of content in my infusion stuff I do is like, I love the dispensary bought products, but m m a big thing for me is I want everybody who needs it or wants it to have access to making it like cheaper. So that's what I try when I do like coconut infusions, butter and stuff. That's kind of my thinking there too. Like it's hard to beat these store-bought things, but especially if you're taking it medicinally, like it adds up quick. Like, like some of these people who are taking hundreds of milligrams a day, so I'm always trying to see both sides. Why I love buying the nice stuff. I also try to, I also like making nice infusions, but bringing the weed to the masses, I guess, is kind of just like an underlying goal. <laughs> you know, I, like I said, I, I'm with you. The The masses need it. I mean, the world would be a better place. Yeah. Well, if, and if, uh, you know, just no one, no one gets mad. It just, I don't know. It's, it's, it is, it's not magical, but. It enhances lives in a real way, I think. Totally, totally. And and that's where like there I'll talk to people too, are like, oh, it's not, you know, I don't I don't like it. I'm like, cool, you know, it's not I'm not like pushing it. I never push it, but I'm always like, yo, it's not for everybody too. Some people do have like adverse reactions. And there are there's very few rare instances of something called like CHS, with is like cannabis hypermesis syndrome, where people get a some physically ill some stuff going on. But it's like that stuff's super rare. Like you're saying, like I think in 99% of the population, it's a great thing. Oh yeah, no, and I all the time like when I when I would mention TV high on my pot on the Discovery Indie Film podcast, I'd always say for those who can use drugs responsibly, because I have friends in recovery. That's a good line. I like that. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you can use it responsibly and it doesn't have a negative effect on your life, then, you know, this is great for you. I, I know it's not great for everyone. And some people have, right, a brain, a brain chemistry that that sends them off the deep end. Um, Even if, yeah, all we've said about marijuana, it's lack of toxicity and stuff. I know there's people who, like, has a really negative effect on their life if they, you know, wake and bake and it obviously you can overdo anything totally totally yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's where I like the I, I usually don't do the wake and bake what i'll do in the afternoon sometimes if i'm working out is take a couple hits before a workout or something but pardon me i'm pretty much like you in the evening is my go-to time to indulge um and i was thinking too on on your guys on the tv high platform i know it's a film focused um feature film short film um what are is there any like um cannabis like what, what's your thoughts on like having cannabis educational content submitted on there or would it need to be more of a documentary style about like Jack Herrera or something like that? I mean, I'd be open to it. We do have some documentaries and I think there is going to be a documentary at some point uh, that we had at the festivals about uh, a farm in upstate New York that, that this guy inherited his parents' farm and, and the crop he, he, he went for it. And went through all the legal hoops to jump through to to turn into a cannabis farm, and uh, so it's a really cool documentary. We actually have some TV series on there uh, that that people produced uh, technically to be like a web series, but you know they came over to us. Some are comedy, some are, are well, most are comedy. One is one is a really fun one that uh, a buddy of mine in Atlanta produces that where he just. Uh, sits uh, down a stoned person 
and then ask them a political question. And it's like what their ramblings about, like trying to answer, like, how do you feel about the death penalty? And then like, you get like the stoned mind going, oh man, the death penalty. Well, let me start with this. And it's, it's actually really pretty entertaining, but that's not educational. I'd be totally up for the educational stuff. That, that sounds like a good fit. Well, that sounds cool too. The one you just mentioned reminds me of my buddy. He has a, it's like a show podcast called Highly Unlikely, but he has these pretty like famous comedians on and then he, they bring up highly unlikely stats or facts and then they talk about it. Um, but you got me thinking too with the documentary idea with this company i work for autumn brands it's, it's super interesting not to like not like a sales pitch or anything but they're they are um it when i started working for them it blew my mind the chemicals and cannabis thing so there's no spray ever on the crop they don't even put like neem oil the tagline is like you can wash your lettuce not your weed but it used to be like a cut flower farm so i might even talk to them about putting a cool doc together and trying to get that submitted but i have a bunch of friends who make content that i'm like yo you should submit it on tv high because I, I like what you're doing man they should. Actually, we've had uh, some companies. We've been talking to some people because, yeah, because of the because it's legalized at the state level, not the federal level. I know it's actually very difficult for cannabis companies to find places to advertise. And so they've come to us. They've come to TV High and said, you know, can we? And like, well, we're actually not ad supported, but be happy to like content about you on there like i you know it would be it i think it's a good fit because totally. you know i i would i mean i believe me i would i obviously they have to focus on their product but i would love to if only someone had the foresight to like show how you know like you and i both mentioned that we like wild like what happened in the last 10 years like at wild would have made an amazing documentary because i'm sure like from the packaging to the product to the professionalism to the distribution like oh man that's that's a story totally and i feel like like you're saying there's so many like i've heard so many crazy stories or just things too in cannabis and right now is a crazy time so yeah it's interesting and you hit the nail on the head and that's part of the re why it's hard that you can't really advertise in cannabis a big reason that i love it so much is like or i'm optimistic at least too is that it's um it's forced in a way creativity that wouldn't if if the cannabis industry could just run typical ads on Google and Facebook and that, it, you know, it would be in a different place. I, I like how it's forced to creativity. And that's why I love the content, too. And I see such a value in all sorts of content, but especially cannabis content, because it's just it's grown by a crazy number. I had this guy on the podcast who has a company called Flower Hire, and he'll post these stats on his social sometimes like. He's like, just a reminder, in the next 10 years, there's going to be this many hundreds, like 150,000 cannabis jobs coming. So it's just like so eye-opening when he puts those numbers up because, like, oh, the industry's hard right now. It's hitting this, you know, California is kind of tough right now. But then I see these numbers like, oh, it's just going to continue to keep, you know, keep blowing up. And, and should we even talk about the tax revenues? I mean, come on. Dude, it's insane. 20 years ago. All that commerce was untaxed and unregulated and people were getting shot over it. I'm, I mean, I'm not an expert. I know there's still some criminal elements, but Lord knows the people that own these edible companies or the companies shipping flour to dispensaries, uh, you know, they obviously need security, but they don't have to kill people to sell their, to move their product. I mean, it's just, it's just so, and, and our schools are getting funded by by the fact that we can finally tax this commerce that used to be, you know, underground. It's, it's, it's great. 
I'm, yeah. But obviously, if you can't tell, I'd be for legalizing and regulating everything, you know? Totally, totally. Well, that's the thing with the cannabis tax, too. I saw, like, if uh graph the other day, like, if you buy a liquor, whatever, the excise tax was, like, two pennies. You buy a cigarette, the excise tax was, like, a cent. You buy a joint, and the excise tax is, like, a dollar thirty. So that's kind of the part of the issue, too, is, like, the, the 30. And I was thinking about it the other day. I'm like, so I'm getting taxed, like, 35%, basically, out of my paycheck or whatever. And then you go to a dispensary and then you're getting taxed an additional 35%. So by the time you're out the door, technically you're 75%, you're 70% in the hole, which is crazy. But like, it, yeah, the whole, the whole tax thing's interesting, but I think that's like um, where they need to lower it for sure to, and that will negate or that will kill a lot of this black market that's been going on. Yeah. Yeah. And it has to uh, obviously look, it's young, right. And the world's changing, but Obviously, there's no justification for alcohol to have a lower tax than than marijuana. I mean, you know, it's just the alcohol lobby is so powerful that they can fight it. But, you know, at some point, these things will level off. Hopefully, hopefully it won't take too long. Yeah. But, uh, well, oh, man, they should they should tax the shit out of alcohol just to help pay for all the damage it causes. For real. You know, it's funny. I, I, I make comparisons a lot about weed and alcohol, but I haven't really... I know I just mentioned the taxing, but it's crazy. Like imagine, like you're saying, imagine if a bottle of vodka had 35% tax on it, people still buy the shit out of it, but it's like, damn, like, like you're saying, it does cause that extra damage. That whole culture, the whole, you know, liquor culture is interesting too. Um, I, I bartended for a long time too. That's kind of what brought me into the cannabis beverage world. But now I'm getting on the rant. I was like, you know, we'll, we'll keep it pretty short today, dude. I feel like we could talk all day, Jeff. I've, I'm really enjoying chatting with you, bro. I, uh, I love to talk. I I'm enjoying it too. I, I've, well, man, I'm, like, uh, uh, I, I just like, I like my small gatherings. I, you know, what can I say? I, I like talking. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm right with you, man. Well, yeah, and this is a great subject. Hey, that, thanks man. Yeah. I, I love what you're doing, man. The whole, I feel like it aligns like so nicely with everything I love with the film, the cannabis building that, you know, building the culture you are with TV high and really focus on the independent filmmaker and the creatives who, might otherwise not have an outlet to get some of these really cool films seen out there. Um, I know, you, I know you said there's like other, you know, feature films like Metropolis and stuff on there too, that are like OGs in the game. And I need to watch that again too, man. I watch it in film cast actually. This is the last time I watched it back in the day, like 10 years ago now. And I'm like, that movie was, if you like, if you like indie stuff, man too, though, uh, we got some indie features on there. You got to see include like, there's one called midnight science. Right. Oh, man, this, this brother, the, these two brothers made it. But this guy basically made the entire film by hand himself, including all the VFX, everything. And it took him like five, six years. He just made the whole thing himself. And it is a crazy, trippy film. I actually, and another one that I just love and I watch and I'm like, oh, that'd be so good. Hi. And I haven't even had time. You know, it's funny. I don't have time to like rewatch everything stoned. I just, you know, what can I say? Yeah. I, I, I need, I need someone to create create uh an edible that also like gives you a 48 hour day <laughs> like limitless limitless I, yeah i need i need to be able yeah i need so much more time to do all the things i want to do it's yeah it's huh there's never enough there's never seems to be enough i'm like oh damn and time is always flying by too man i'm like oh dang it's already but you know it's um that's why it's cool right that like what you're doing and you know what i'm doing is like i feel like we're we're both really passionate about everything and at the end of the day even if you know times are crazy with the economy right now but i know that i'm still enjoying making videos and educating about cannabis and 
trying to have fun out here. <laughs> hey, you're doing you're doing the work. I love it. Hey, thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah, um, we'll have to pop on another one or do some collaborations or something, man. Um, and I'm I'm gonna submit a couple films that I've done in the past too. Um, cool, cool. And hey, you know, the jury the jury will love watching them. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, hey, you know, I'm my whatever. I should have you on my podcast because the discovering indie film thing. I do a thing where people name, uh, we call it the four questions, which is you name three favorite films, an underrated film, an overrated film, and a lesser known film that people should seek out. And, you know, and hey, you know what? If you start watching TV high, I have thrown this idea at people. And so far, no one's taken me up on it. And I've actually got to do it myself, but we can create a playlist. So if somebody watched a bunch of stuff on there and gave me a list of like their 10, 15 favorite films that they've seen. Like we could have just like at the video store where there was like the staff picks, like we could have, you know, your picks could be like, here's what here's, you know, like I was going to name my list. Jeff loves it weird. That's cool. <laughs> I like show like the 10, 15, have the 10, 15, like most bizarre, strangest shorts possible, like lined up together for people to just like enjoy my little weird playlist. Hey, I like it. You, you would have me checking it out. You know, um, yeah, like I said, I, I just literally downloaded the app like 20 minutes for hopping on here. So I'm excited to kind of browse through it and, you know, get watching it. For uh, sure. I, I usually like to watch a nice movie on Sunday night. So we'll we'll see what uh see. What yeah. Hey, and I might as well add if because we we did this promotion and it's still it's still good. But uh, if people use the word, the the promo code stream 420, I think you might have to be on the website. Watch TV I'm not, I don't know if this code works on the app stores, but you can always join on the website and then download the app and use your login info there. So if you use stream 420, you get a, the, instead of a one week free trial, you get a four week free trial. Oh, you get okay. a month. Nice. That's solid. Yeah. I'll definitely put that um, down below. So everybody can check that out for sure. Why not? You know, hey. it was a, a fun little card we were given out on 420 in WeHo. Nice, nice. QR code. What are you gonna do? Oh, I, oh that's so funny. I, I I forgot that you were using the video on YouTube or whatever. It's like yeah, yeah. I'll throw it up. You know, I, then, I was just showing you. I wasn't meaning to show everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it, man. Um, yeah, stream stream four twenty. I'll put that below. Get that because yeah, I got the week and that extra three weeks sounds cool. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't hate on that. <laughs> you know, I want to say, dude, I love your shirt. By the way, I'm trying to figure. Is it like a space? What's or it's like a Yeti with a? It is actually a sloth with a jetpack that's freaking sick bro so i i love going to these like street fairs and artists things and this is made by an artist he lives in uh he, he's la based and he's always at this place that my wife likes to go to called unique la and hold on his 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 company is story spark so if you if people if you want to check out i've got i got like eight of this guy's shirts now like there's a Godzilla wearing a VR mask. So I picture like the Jap like the Japanese government put a VR mask. So now Godzilla thinks he's smashing Tokyo on VR, <laughs> but he's actually like out in the field not hurting anything. And there's like King Kong being carried by drones. Like he just mixes old and new. So I love if it. you go, if people go to Story Spark on uh on Instagram, you can see all this guy's artwork. i I just think he's a great artist. Every time Every time I see him at a street show, I'm like, okay, what's your new stuff? I'm going to buy a couple more shirts from you. I love it, man. Because, yeah, I would see, like, I kept seeing it. I'm like, that's cool. Yeah, that's, that's cool. right. Story I guess spark, the bro. camera was a little. Oh, that's, that's fresh. Word, man. Well, um, 
Yeah, man. I appreciate you coming on again, Jeff. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get another one. We'll do a collaboration or something in the future. Um, and I'll for sure be diving more into TV high, man. Thanks again, Jeff. I really appreciate you rolling through. I appreciate today, it. Absolutely, brother. So I'm just going to stop it um, now and then. Um, but yeah, man, how, how do you feel about that, brother? I feel great. Wonderful. Yeah, that was that was good, man. Yeah, I really enjoyed uh, chatting with you, Jeff.